0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast by the host or the guest do not necessarily reflect the views of Paranormal Buzz Radio or its sponsors. Use of any material produced by Paranormal Buzz Radio without express written consent is strictly prohibited. For information on everything Paranormal Buzz Radio has to offer, visit our website, paranormalbuzzradio.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Listener discretion is advised.
1: I think I've always believed in the paranormal. But the deeper I get in this field, the more questions I uncover. I started a program called Seeking the Paranormal in an effort to gain insight and dialogue from others interested in the same things as me. And while we've learned a lot together, the questions still remain. So I'm bringing my thoughts to the airwaves, and I've brought along my friends, Adam and John, to share in the fun. Together, we'll tackle the tough topics and debate the evidence as we continue to seek the paranormal. Hey right, everybody! Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Seeking the Paranormal. I think we're at 28 now. I believe it's 28. Anyway, we're getting up there. Proud of us. Tonight we are going to talk about the Philip Experiment, which we mentioned several times, but we've never really talked about in depth. And I this was Adam's choice of topic, and I think it's a really good one. Number one, because we have mentioned it several times, but number two, God, it could just, it could affect the paranormal field as we think we know it quite a bit. So I'm, I'm eager to get everybody's kind of perspective on this. I'll give you a little bit of background on this experiment. The website that I am on is the Psy Encyclopedia. I'll put a link to it up on our Social media sites. It's from the Society for Psychical Research, so you know they usually know what they're talking about. So in 1973, a group of eight members of the Toronto Society for Psychical Research in Toronto decided they were going to do an experiment. They were going to create a personality, and they named this gentleman Philip. They gave him a backstory. Sue, who is the chairman of the Canadian chapter of Mensa and a former nurse with many interests, she is the one who originated the Philip story. So she invented the fictional ghost story. So he was an aristocrat Englishman living in the time of Oliver Cromwell, which was the mid-1600s. He was Catholic and had supported the king and was married to a beautiful but frigid and cruel wife, Dorothea. While out riding, he caught sight of a beautiful raven-haired gypsy girl, Margot, and instantly fell in love. Bringing her back to live in his gatehouse, he kept their affair secret, but Dorothea found out and accused Margot of witchcraft and husband-stealing. Afraid to lose his reputation and possessions, Philip did not protest at Margot's trial and she was burned at the stake. Stricken with remorse, Philip took to pacing the battlements in despair and finally committed suicide by throwing himself off the high wall. Now remember, this is all a fictional story that Sue put together, and the purpose of the experiment then was to focus on this story and see if they could, with their collective minds, make a ghost, basically. So the members of the group included Sue, obviously, uh, a gentleman named Al, who is a self-employed heating engineer whose hobbies were scouting and photography. I don't... Is scouting... John, is that the same thing as hiking? Because there's a couple of them that say scouting, and I don't know what that means.
0: Basically, yeah. It's okay. going into the woods. Because...
1: Gotcha. Scouting to us would be like being a Boy Scout. Um, which I guess is kind of the same thing. Anyway, Lorne is an industrial engineer, a creative and artistic person who studied Oriental philosophy and ancient history. Andy, who's Lauren's wife, shared his interest in astronomy and was artistic. She actually drew a picture of Philip, and I can put that on our social media as well. Bernice is an accountant who is widely read and interested in philosophy. Dorothy is a housewife trained in bookkeeping and accounting whose main hobby was scouting. Sydney was the youngest member. She's a sociology student taking time off to work as a salesman and travel. Maybe he, I don't know. And then Iris, which is wife of Dr. A.R.G. Owen, and Dr. George Owen at the time was in charge of this group of the Society for Psychological Research, or the director, rather. Iris, wife of A.R.G. George Owen, who is the director of the New Horizon Research Foundation, who also co-founded TSPR with her. Her career was involved in nursing, social work, and leadership in these fields. She is a, the primary author of the 1976 book Conjuring Up Philip, from which all information on the website is drawn from, unless otherwise noted. I did not get to read that. Have either of you obviously know Adam's answer? But, John, have you ever read that book? No.
0: Not, not <laughs> in its entirety. Uh, okay. I had I my hands on a copy of it years ago, and I skimmed it. Because a lot of it kind of started waffling, and I didn't like the way it was written. If you know what I mean, oh. the for me wasn't interesting.
1: No, that's, fair. that's um, fair. Now, with this group of this group, there were a couple observers. So George Owen, who is Iris's husband, and then Doctor Joel Witten, who's a psychiatrist, were the observers of the group. So basically, what they would do is they would get together. They committed to one day a week. They would get together, and initially, they, which I find this kind of weird, but their initial attempt at getting in touch with him was to get together in a room and kind of self-meditate on the idea of Philip. And the more that they practiced the meditation, the longer and better it became. But they didn't really ever have any real I guess any interaction. We'll say it wasn't until they decided to start implementing some of the tools that the seances of the 1800s that they started to get wrappings and table tipping were the primary things that they received. However, they did have lights that would flicker on and off. Items would move on their own. Basically, they were able to create poltergeist type activity just thinking about this story they had created on their own so in essence it appears that by all concentrating on this story and believing in it obviously understanding that they've made it up i mean they were never like confused about that but they they basically seem to create a ghost that interacted so I'm curious what you guys think about this this experiment.
2: Adam Sendoff. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. I mean, I know it, it's been criticized because of some of the methods that they used with the séances and stuff like that because they feel like it wasn't con- there's a comment made that it wasn't uh lacking solid controls. Was the comment that was made and due to the unreliability of seances, which, all right, I get, you know, that's, that's a thing. I mean, that people, if you don't buy in a seance, you're not going to buy into it, regardless of what happens.
1: But But, on the other hand, didn't, regardless of whether you believe in it or not, didn't they still come back with? I, I I keep wanting to say evidence, and I I don't want to use that word, but I don't know what other word to use. So didn't they, I mean, didn't they, regardless of whether or not you believe in seances, I mean, and let's be honest, during spiritualism, most of them were garbage.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. But... I, I think that that argument from, uh, let's call it the other side, people say but it's all a bunch of crap, I think... They they missed the point of the experiment. The whole point of the experiment was to reproduce the seance results that they were getting during alleged seances. That was yeah. the whole point of the experiment. It was a controlled seance. So yeah, I, I I I see that. And as far as it not being controlled, it I mean, what kind of control methods do you want? Apart from it <laughs> Just being in a hard in a white coat.
2: Yeah, that was my, I mean, that was my point. Like, I mean, there's outside people looking in saying that it lacks solid controls due to the unreliability of seances, which, I mean, no matter what you do, you never can convince those people. Can you
0: recreate it and attest you? Right. With ants? Right. And exactly. a very small table.
2: <laughs> the thing that I did not know about this story is they actually, they did it again.
1: Uh-huh.
2: It was overseen by the psychologist Joel Witten. Mm-hmm. And they did it to, with two more people, Lilith and Humphrey, and yeah. they yielded similar similar results. I didn't realize that until I was reading about it, which I think is just very interesting that which they was, got similar results. Well, it, it, that was yeah, that was my concluding point on that. Oh, so I don't know right. how much more of an example of controlled you need than if you test the same thing three times.
0: It's and actually been recreated too,
2: which well, is another yeah. other point. That, that
0: you know, for me, underlines it as a, a you know, a solid an experiment you can do as a field. You see what I mean? Yes. So,
1: so some people have complained because since the 70s, attempts to recreate this phenomena have failed, although I don't know that all attempts have. Have either of you watched any of the video footage from these, this group?
0: I've seen about everything that I know of that is out.
1: Holy crap. I mean that table the table would literally slide across the room with nobody touching it. And Mm -hmm. I I mean the behavior of items just it blows my mind, but it just reinforces how powerful our minds are. But if you get on YouTube you can watch videos of I mean true table tipping like I want to redo this experiment, like, right now, because it was so fantastic.
0: The only control I would have liked to have seen on that is putting wax paper on top of the table. Because then you can definitely rule roll roll out it's, you know, fingertips moving the table. Yeah. Put wax, wax paper on it, your fingers will slide the table on. If the table's sliding, your fingers will slide on the table, but
2: in the opposite direction the table is moving. We could do the same so, thing. <clears throat> we could just yeah. fill the table with KY jelly. <laughs>
0: I'll bring my gift mask <laughs> <God>. <laughs> So the thing the, the thing for me that I kind of like about it is A that it, it was done as an experiment instead of, you know, oh let's just have a sale to see what happens. The other thing that there's two things that came out in that experiment that for me were poignant. The first one is they got strong results when they asked questions everybody knew the answer was. I.e. Yeah. it was part of the background. When they started asking questions about that were subjective, as in how do you feel about your wife? Do you see your wife still? And and stuff like that, because the answers were not as strong. And and I think it's because people's interpretation was all different about theoretical you know relationship yeah. so it wasn't strong in everybody's mind what the answer should be so that was good and then the other point that I liked about it is that they reported they got better results And in fact the only time they got results is when they started thinking they put it in a childish manner so if yeah. you watch the videos they're all singing like nursery rhymes and, and giggling and running around like kids um, that's when they you know we're getting results instead of just sitting there being serious going, oh, you know, and, and stuff like that. So I think those two nuggets of the information are important for if you want to recreate it. It's a good thing to know those things. And so if you're going to draw a conclusion as to what was happening, those two are very important points.
1: I would definitely agree. And that I think, I believe it was Dr. Owen who said that, I mean, much like what you just said, once they went to kind of like the singing and very lighthearted activity, then the behavior of even the furniture that was moving became very kind of light and childlike and, and it just spread throughout everybody and it kind of encompassed everything in the room. The other thing that was kind of interesting about this, I'll just read this, is according to Owen, the Philip experiment seemed to have a therapeutic effect on its participants. The group became like family, very close-knit and happy, said Al. According to Andy, she attained increased social growth and self-confidence, and group members are far more open to each other and in their daily lives. Shyness on social occasions seems to have disappeared. It could be said that we have become more aware of other people in the world around us just based on doing this experiment. So it actually, you know, it was more far-reaching even than just creating this, this being. You know, it, it, this goes further than that. It kind of goes into, I guess, social interaction and how we behave in certain situations. It's just, I think it's a fascinating experiment.
0: Because it delves into your mental state. You know, yes. uh, in when these things happen, and and that to me is my my fascinating. You know, for me, that's the point there that I can grab onto and say, okay, this 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 is a thing, maybe. So the the other thing is that it's oh, for me. It comes back to the question, as it always does when I do anything like this, is you know, is your consciousness part of the brain or separate from the brain? And if it's separate from the brain, then the brain is a filter. Now, by acting differently like that, you are changing the filter, if you see what I mean. So, Mm -hmm. in fact, what it really makes me want to do is have a few drinks to break down the social barriers and then do a seance. That, I think, would be the same kind of thing. Because consciously, I have trouble being childish in that way. I can't sit songs and go, you know. But they were doing in a video that that would be yeah. even if I did it, I would be play-acting. It wouldn't be a normal mental state for me, if you see what I mean. I find that cool. hard to do. But if if that's the act of breaking down, you know, your formal uh, grown-up attitude, <laughs> if I if I have one, um, you know. I'm not talking about getting sloshed, but, you know, I'm the few, you know, when you just start opening up, you've had a couple of drinks, then do a seance. That would, I think that's worth it. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to promote alcohol during that particular time. (laughs) Well,
1: and we, I see paranormal, we have a friend named Gail and she, we were discussing with her one night. Why not drink a little bit before an investigation to see if you're more open to experience? But it's the same kind of thing, because really our investigations, unless we're doing John style investigations, tend to be very similar to seances, just, you know, a little bit different. But essentially, we're doing the same thing. We're trying to communicate with something, trying to make them prove that they're there, asking for communication. So, you know, this is something we've talked about doing in the past, and we just never have. But, no, I I agree with you. I think that it could be interesting, for sure.
2: I do Mm -hmm. say, though, that, you know, looking at some of our investigations in the past, I mean, it does seem like we've gotten more i shouldn't say more but we have gotten a lot of results with stuff happening and whatever when we're all just goofing off and joking because we're all too damn exhausted to think and then you get some evps over the recorder sometimes joining maybe possibly joining in on your conversation and you're joking so there's definitely something to be something to be said about that theory i mean
0: yeah, I mean, and uh, we've we've done a couple of times where, for example, when we did that nom nom experiment where we just sat there and bullshit around it, we weren't, mm-hmm. you know, trying to do a séance. So we were just interacting. Yeah, we were just mucking around, and and we got more from that. We got a new one to try fried but we got more from that when people were there interacting than no one was there.
1: Right. So, so now the question that. There's several questions that this experiment brings up, however. There are people who believe that it wasn't, in fact, the collective consciousness of the group that was communicating back, but they had, in fact, rather attracted an actual spirit. And the actual spirit was communicating with the group and just giving the the group the answers that it felt like they wanted in connection with Philip's story. I don't know that I buy into that, but there are people who do believe that, who do believe that they just, they attracted a legitimate ghost. Uh, Do you think that's possible? I guess let's start there.
0: What do you think, Adam? Ghost is coming, you get thrown under
1: it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The reason I'm gonna say that I disagree with that is because then I honestly would think that any time that we would go to a place that is supposedly haunted well, shit, I mean, in your own house for goodness sakes, if you wanted to talk to somebody, you could bring them to you and I just think, like yeah, they put a lot of backstory into this and, and did multiple things, but I mean, to me that seems like okay, I should be able to talk to somebody a spirit anytime I want to because I, they should be interested in talking to me. So, hey, no, I don't think it's true.
0: My problem with that is, so there's a couple of, if, if, if you're going to say things like that, then, then you have to admit other things are true. And and I think all that is, is people are externalizing the uh, belief that they already have and then trying to make it fit. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, well, I I need it to prove ghosts, because I know ghosts are real, and that's what happened." But, but if you think about, okay, let's say it was, it was an so it was a, a spirit. Well, that spirit either had to be hanging around while they were making up the story and know what the story was so that it could give strong answers to parts of the story and then weaker answers to ones it wasn't sure of, in which case, why would it give the weaker answers, not just give strong answers? It's a made up story anyway. <laughs> Either that's true, or the ghost can read people's minds, and that's why it's given him stronger. But then, if you're going to say that, then you're more leading towards the fact that one or more people in the group were had some kind of um, psychokinetic ability. Is is what I get out of it. If that if that if, let's take it on face value that table was all moving, it's got to be one or more of the groups was psychokinetic. That's what the observation shows. It has nothing, it shows nothing about ghosts, that experiment. This this is my problem. You can't just go ghost, same as every time a K2 meet, go ghost. You know, you're doing a thing that you believe and externalizing it onto an experiment that's there to try and prove that it actually isn't a ghost because they made it up. You can't just say, well, it's a ghost anyway. That's not right.
1: The thing that I thought you would really love about this experiment is that they purposely wanted people who profess to have no psychic ability because that was always the key to the seances was they were led by somebody who said that they had psychic ability. So to bring together a group of people who everybody says, nope, I don't have any, any of those abilities at all. And then to be collectively able to create the same type of, Interaction that would be found at many of these seances I thought was very interesting and I think to a certain extent I'm going to get myself in trouble saying this but I think to a certain extent it can work against psychics, honestly and I'm not saying that I don't believe people have psychic abilities that's not where I'm going with that but I do think that that this experiment can kind of work against
0: you're saying it's not ghosts that cause the seance results, it's the PK ability, or well, maybe... Let, let's say it's it's actual... it's either In this case, it's psychokinetic PK ability, but it could also be someone who thinks that they're getting messages from ghosts or actually picking up ESP from thoughts from someone in the room. Okay, it's not PK, it's ESP. So you start getting results coming in from people. So you're... I know what you're trying to say is that psychics... Maybe, unknowingly They think they're talking to ghosts But they're not, they have a a different Psychic ability than the one they think they have Yes. that That hit the nail on the head I'll be the bad guy (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I mean, what what are your What do you guys take away from this experiment As far as what do you think was caught And of course we're assuming Then that, you know, the table did move Without assistance, and Everybody who's been in the group said that they were very strong about policing one another and any time they thought somebody else was pushing it or, you know, causing any of the activity they would like, you know, stop doing that or whatever. And they seem all to be very confident that it was none of them. Also, they they there's reports of, you know, the lights flickering and the table moving when nobody's touching it and things moving when nobody's touching them. So what what do you guys Believe caused that, then. or do you think it didn't happen that way? That it's been misinterpreted somehow.
2: Hmm. I, I only watched one video, just very briefly. I didn't watch the whole thing because I ran out. Of, I ran out of time, honestly, or I fell asleep. Either one. But <laughs> knowing the reports and assuming that yes, they police themselves very well. And it wasn't somebody just moving the damn table. I mean, factor in the lights flickering; that'd just be cool to see. Period. But I mean, I think it's it's just the collective group of minds and all that energy that their minds, their consciousness, whatever you want to put it, can put together and what they can make happen. I mean, I certainly don't think they conjured up a, a ghost named Philip. I don't think they literally made him up. And he became real. I just think it was their minds that made it seem real.
1: I should also mention that they had a ton of rapping. And I did mention that, but I kind of skimmed over that. So they went on some news program and were showing that raps were coming from the middle of the table. And in fact... I will find the gentleman's name here in just a second. He actually took the recording of the sound and noticed that it was different than that of raps made by a member of the group physically knocking on something. So it it had its own unique sound signature.
0: Here's the thing, I could it have been all hoaxed. Of course it could. But the things for me, I mean the you know, with the lights, the wraps, the, the table moving, you know, all of that has been faked very successfully in front of my witnesses before. So, yes, of course it could be faked. It's just those people, I i i have trouble thinking that they'd fake it because a lot of people, the ones that do do it successfully, are basically magicians that are lying and saying that this is real, whereas a magician's always going to say, you know, I'm tricky, you, you've got to figure out how I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, right. You know. So I mean, could it be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much open to it. And then I've just been thinking, you know, so what if another thing's happening? What if the paranormal part happened while they were making up the background of the ghosts? What if that really did happen? Has anybody done a historical search and said, oh no, it's just made up? What if that was bleeding through when they were making it up and it really was a ghost? Now, Explain to me, you me what you mean by that. Well, <laughs> so they sat down. And they were thinking about a ghost and making one up, making up a story. Now, that story's coming to them from where? Their oh, imagination. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it wasn't. So maybe it's bleeding through. They were- there really was a ghost called Philip. I don't know if anyone's ever tried to do a historical thing on it I- because they said it was made up.
1: I believe that...
0: No, I don't think it's true, but I'm saying it's a possibility. I don't think that
1: anybody check to see if this gentleman Philip because I don't even know if he had a last name. I so I don't know if they actually checked in him personally, but I do believe that anything historically that wasn't included in Philip's story, they tended to get inaccurate answers, you know, when they would say, What year did this and this happen? Well, because it wasn't part of the story, they would tend to get inaccurate answers mm-hmm. out of Philip.
0: So I don't know if that... Yeah. No, but if, if it was a bleed-through scenario, would they get all the facts, or just some of them still pertain to a ghost? Yeah. Just, I guess you know that's another thing that you could say if you really wanted to pin it on a ghost. That's how I go about it. Yeah. But I don't believe it. But what <laughs> I'm saying is when you do that kind of experiment, that's the kind of thing, that's a variable that you're going to have to think of, if yeah. you see what I mean.
1: yeah. So Dr. Alan Gould was the one who did the, looked at the, the wraps versus what it would sound like if a person actually was hitting the table and said that there, they had acoustic differences. So, just to clarify that. So, here's what I really want to know. How do you think this experiment affects the way we view the paranormal field now? Because, When I look at this experiment, if I'm going to be completely honest with myself, when I go into a location, for example, last week we were at Waverly Hills. Now, granted, this is the second time I've been at Waverly Hills, so I did kind of know what to expect. But when I go into places like that, I tend to already have a preconceived notion about what to expect from this building. This experiment leads me to believe, then, that I could be causing false positives during our investigation, and I could be unconsciously creating some of the phenomena that I'm looking for. Or as a group, we could be creating some of that phenomena. Okay, true,
2: yes, I would agree with you, but under the scope of paranormal research, regardless of if it's your mind doing it or if it's just happening, is it, I mean, it's still a paranormal experience, right? I agree. I agree.
1: So that so, we're you, just mistaken about potentially. Right.
2: Like, it may not literally be a ghost, but it's still paranormal. So, I, yeah, I agree with you that that's definitely a possibility. And my, ever since I started reading about this Philip experiment. By the way, his last name was Alsford. Oh, okay. Yes. Gotcha. I don't. I'm terrible. <laughs> Dude, at
1: I, I,
0: I was thinking it was McCracken. Was his name? It was Phil?
1: <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. god! You have just been waiting for that. <laughs> <haven't you? laughs>
0: that was the right moment to drop out. I think there it is. <laughs> god. I've just (laughs) been waiting for that. Uh, How do we move back from that? (laughs) Well, it was I in the the cavity. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alrighty. What were we talking about? (laughs)
1: Apparently, you're cracked.
0: Uh... Well, he's standing with the KY jelly. I can't find my kid last now. I've used it years. I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the thing is, it's it's all paranormal, the, the, you know, outside science. So, you know, I think what what that has made me think about, and is that, you know, if you have, if you go out and you have like a mad result. The nice thing about experiments is that if they're controlled, what we'd like to start doing is if we have a mad result, start over time, you can't do it all at once, but over time start having one-on-ones with members of your group and see if you get mad results with any particular member because then what you're kind of doing is testing them and, and then figure out, you know, okay, well, we've had good results. Who was there? And if there's always one or two people that were always there, if you see what I mean, then then maybe they're strong. Cause, you know, if that's where it's coming from, you'll have a, you should have an indicator of which people are doing it. You know, not not on purpose or anything. You know, it's the same as the people that went to the Philip experiment. You know, they're no, I have no, no none of those kind of mental talents. Well, you wouldn't know. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm PK, I used to have and everything, you know. And then once again that you know, poltergeists guys fit into that. You know, kids are young. And, you know, preteens and then all of a sudden you get the you get that kind of incident going on. I mean if it, it, it all fits, it's just getting it documented. I think the Philip experiment, if it's true, you know, managed to do that.
1: Why do you say if it's true?
0: Because I always say, if it's true, because <laughs> with great claims you must have great proof. And while that's interesting and good, you know, it doesn't happen every day, and we can't recreate it at at will. So, you know, until it gets recreated. And-
1: Do you think that part of the problem with recreating this experience or this experiment, rather, now is that? We're too eager to have the same type of phenomena repeat itself, that we kind of miss out on some of the process that was needed originally to create it. Does I, that make sense?
0: I, yeah, and I'll tell you exactly what the problem is because it's the same reason that we don't do any of the experiments that they used to do, is that we now are in a time, let's say, of instant gratification people do not have the patience to sit down and do it again and again and again with no result you know which is what they had to do it didn't happen the first time they did it they used to meet and meet and meet and slowly over time these things manifested yeah and people don't have they want to experience something now and they go and they show up and they don't you know once again not a criticism it's just the way the culture's gone no, is true. that you know, they want to experience something. Good luck to them. You know, but once again, when they got the name investigator on the end of it, it's like, wait a minute, catch, go do your homework. You know, yeah. so
1: I think obviously that's true. I mean, and I think we can look at it and just know it obviously is. But you know, interestingly, when we were at Waverly, and I just use that because that's the most recent thing that we've been to. God, it was probably what maybe our third vigil I don't know close to the closer to the end of the night and my group was just myself Adam and Vicky who is a friend of the show and we were sitting in the lobby and just I don't even know that we had anything more than a recorder running I mean honestly we were just sitting and listening number one we were terrified of the millions of bats that were swooping at our heads but <laughs>
0: That's not um, a
1: Oh, my God. They were monsters. Last year, I did not see or hear a single bat. This year, I felt like I was being constantly attacked. It was awful. But, you know, when we were sitting in there, we were hearing all kinds of stuff. And it's because we stopped fucking with the equipment and just went back to the way we used to do things. And it was just observing. Like, we've lost that about ourselves. And, it I mean, it's just part of kind of the progression you know in this field sometimes because you do get too caught up in the the equipment number one but you know we earlier in our group's history we made acquaintance with another group and they had a very regular way that they did things you know they would do Ten minutes, or five to ten minutes of quiet time, and then so long for EDP session, and so long for Ghost Box session, and then we started just replicating that, that we stopped just sitting and observing. And, and I said, when we got done with that vigil, that was my favorite one that we had done because it had been so long since we had just done that. And well, it, we, it, we, we were doing
0: that, though. Eddie and I'm just going to sit and listen. You know. Listen. Listen.
1: I did not go to Edinburgh with you guys, because you went on December 31st, and that shit was way too cold.
0: Oh. Well, it's more <laughs> of a sit and freeze session. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, we usually
0: go sit and listen for a good 20 30 minutes for sit uh, Yeah, um, and, and you know, and, and I- to get... Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Oh. Well, as you were saying, with the equipment, you you're quite correct in that a lot of times you're so oh, is this working, records on, and set that up and set this up. And that's one of the things. So, well, it's probably, when this goes out, it's already happened. But Friday, we're going to Farrar. And Shane is coming from uh, Michigan. He's actually built... So, back in the day, uh like Tony Cornell built a thing called, he called it, well, they called it the Spider. And basically, it's a machine with all the sensors that they use now. But instead of it all being... You know, handheld this, handheld that, which is fine and good. You know, it's all one unit. You turn it on, leave it, and then go about your business, and that sits and records all the input that you want, and you don't have to fumble with it. So we will have a version of that on Friday. We right. would have had it Friday. And the nice thing about that is it. it there's no blinky lights or anything. It just logs everything about every three seconds it keeps a record of it, and then you can go back and look where the spikes were and stuff like that without worrying about it. You know, once again, modern people need the blinking lights and the beepers for the for the camera and stuff. The old guys didn't. You know, they used to have a piece of equipment, set it up, and go about their business. So,
1: And the reality is, I think that they probably had better outcomes and better evidence. I, I know y'all hate when I use that word, but again, I just because it's a word we all recognize for what the product is. But they probably had better evidence than we do now because they weren't using this questionable equipment. You know, the other thing is, I told Sean when we got done at Waverly, I only used digital voice recorders while we were there, and I am starting to kind of buy into some of Sean's stuff. Welcome and- to the
0: dark side. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we have you now.
1: <laughs> and I really, the stuff that I'm questioning now, I wasn't before. And it's, it's because I was being influenced by the wrong sources, that being mostly TV. And then the books that I had been reading were mostly books of people who were being influenced from TV. And yeah. So. That's
0: where I'm at in my life right now. <laughs> well, I I, I I hate doing it the way I do because I feel like I'm taking away the fun from people, from a hobby that is fun. But I don't mind what people do, go experience, say, until they, say, they start saying that it's fact or this is what happens, you know, and I've been doing this for 20 years, like, therefore I'm an expert. Well, right. I can be putting my left shoe on my right foot for 20 years, i am my shoe expert, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <You know. laughs> I suppose that's true too.
0: To, I always say if, if you can talk to a skeptic about it and bring up things that they they haven't seen or, or thought about and have stuff behind it, then you're doing okay. If you have to preach to the choir to get hats on the back, then you're not really doing anything. That. That's right. my theme. I might be wrong. I might have my left foot in my right shoe. I don't know. No,
2: <laughs> I. The biggest thing is, you know, we use a lot of this equipment because some of it, you know, like throwing up video cameras and stuff like that because we want to capture something mm-hmm. that we can show someone to, to prove that things really happen. We're in the grand scheme of things. I mean, it, it's probably a one in 10 trillion chance that you're actually going to catch something on video. Yep. So really, I think... The main thing that we need to start doing, and we, I mean Sarah and myself, is it's got to be more about the personal experience. You know, I think we did that towards the end of Waverly where it was just more about, all right, well, we've got some stories to tell. I mean, I guess I don't need to prove anything to anyone. I agree. In the grand scheme.
0: Nice. That's a good go. I mean, that's what makes it hobby be fun. You do it the right. way that it's fun. But personally, I so want to capture something. And the other <laughs> thing, I, and the reason I like the camera is it documents experiments and documents what happened. And even if you don't catch the ghost, you're catching people's reactions or how you did an experiment. How can we do it? That's the way I think of Yes. You know, I, I can go back and look at it and go, okay, you know, am I going to prove the ghost? Probably not. But even if it's one in a trillion, sometimes if I got a trillion-sided dice and I throw it, I might get the trillion on the 50th throw. So, you know, but I got to keep doing it. Every time I do it, I get another throw of the dice. That's what makes it interesting for me. I I don't believe half of what a lot of people... You know, a lot of people go and, and they'll have two dead investigations and start getting moved. I don't you know, it doesn't matter to me, because every time I go, and throw that dice, and it could happen tonight, if you see what I So, that's my angle on it. Well, I was doing head, this is
2: everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree. Proud with you <laughs> <laughs> not <carrying> a camper <laughs> Carrying a camera around, and you know, setting it on a tripod so it kind of monitor- monitors either the people that are in the room, or something specific. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, as far as, like, setting up uh, 10 cameras everywhere...
0: We talked about it this weekend, yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, like... yeah. It's not so much setting up, it's watching all that bloody video for hours and hours and
2: hours and hours. I know I don't want to do that.
1: And Adam doesn't do it.
2: No, that's why we're not doing that, no. (laughs) (laughs) it. I mean, I did it for a while, but... It's hard. It's really, really hard I, to do. I think a lot
0: of lot of people who do this go through stages when they first do it. They want to do everything, just like in Portage, where they had the lamps and, the, the you know, every, every little corner's got a video camera on it and stuff like that. And, yeah, we went through that. We were stringing miles of cable around buildings and all kinds of stuff. And then all this... <laughs> When you get back, you're like, now, let's see, we were there for 10 hours, we had 10, oh my god, that's 100 hours of video! (laughs) You know? Yes. And then you can't control, the other thing is you can't control wherever, unless you actually meticulously label where everybody is for every second, someone will walk down a corridor, a camera's pointing through the doorway, you'll see, you'll see their shadow move across the doorway. Yeah. Now, was that a ghost or was that a person going down a different corridor? in front of an infrared light, you know so then all of a sudden you spend more time doing that than you so I agree with you that, that way but you know, I guess everyone's got to find this happy you know, don't take any equipment, just go and, and see what happens, that's fine you know
1: I know I'm not very good about listening to my audio like I used to but I do love listening to it it, I, it does take a long time, but I do love listening and I will say just, you know, in case anybody is curious about our trip to Waverly, I've only listened to like a half hour and I got people, it sounds like just a crowd of people cheering and a guy that went with us, Scott, same thing. He listened to about 30 minutes of audio and had a ton of stuff too. So, so far seems to be a, a kind of fun audio trip but we'll see what happens the more I listen and the more I get into it last year my recorder didn't record when I thought it was and my other one was set to voice activation instead of regular so that kind of screwed that up and then uh the other one that did record the files corrupted, so I didn't have hardly anything coming out of Waverly last year so better this year there
0: you go especially all that driving and then come back with nothing yeah <laughs> it's oh. a little
1: frustrating
0: I, I think I think that the things breaking <laughs> to break so, something
1: <laughs> back to the Philip experiment I do have one I guess another trail that we kind of didn't go down and we don't have to spend a ton of time on this but and you kind of touched on this at the beginning when you were talking about brain and consciousness Possibly being separate Do you think this experiment Leads at you in either way On that question
0: Either um, one of you You go Adam so.
2: I mean I I don't think it, it Skewed my view A different direction I mean I think I was already leaning towards Them being separate Just from You know talks that we've had I mean, honestly. And just things that I've been from this experiment too, I guess it moves it a little bit farther that direction, but I mean Yeah, I think I think more towards the separate side myself.
0: I I'd like to believe they are separate. You know, the optimist John says we gotta be more than just that. I mean we're the same atoms as make up a tree or a rock, so why are we different? Right, yeah. but in the deep, dark, wolf-hour night, I sit there and I think, why, 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 why are we special? Why, why are we not just what we are, and that's it? So I've always been on the fence about it. With the Philip experiment, I'll be honest with you. Even if they prove it's, in fact, actually, it goes against the. It doesn't really prove either way because even if you do say, oh, some humans have. Psychonetic abilities doesn't prove that their consciousness is separate. I mean it just proves that the brain does an extra thing we didn't know it did. So I don't I I don't think it's relevant. That's why I hunt ghosts. Because if I can convince myself a hundred percent that ghosts exist, then I can convince myself a hundred percent that the brain is or consciousness is apart from the brain.
1: Okay the Philip
0: experiment doesn't really address that, I'd be honest with you. I don't So does
1: this experiment change your viewpoint on some of the more famous poltergeist cases.
0: Um, no. I,
1: don't,
0: I mean I've I always believed that PK is, is possible and you know I've seen enough to convince me that in, in very rare instances it actually happens. So Okay. Although the physics <laughs> okay. uh, oh, but maybe, think about the physics though. I mean, if you could pick something up with your brain, in whatever force you're exerting there, I think Terry Pratchett did it the right way. You so said if you could pick something up with your brain like that, the leverage would actually probably lift your brain out of the skull because, there's, you know, there's a counterforce there. So if I'm picking up something heavy with my brain, my brain's going to go screech out the top of my head. So, you know.
1: That's a lovely thought.
2: That would happened.
0: be fun. <laughs> <laughs> now that would prove something. Very briefly. To try. <laughs> <laughs> Very briefly. Very <laughs> briefly. Like, oh, I don't know. It's end up looking like, I don't run around like, I ain't to go, no, I pick something up, I don't know. Do anything like that.
1: <laughs> so, I think that we all agree that Amityville was a hoax, but, just, does this experiment Open the door a little bit for the possibility that they maybe created and truly had the experiences they said they did.
0: You had to do, Emma, though, didn't you? I I was on Facebook this week, and some guy had that picture, you know, that they say is the mini duffer with the glowy eyes. Yeah. And when you actually when you actually look at it, what's his name? Paul Paul Bar? I think his name was. And you can see, it, it, and he's pretty much admitted it was him with glasses on. And when you look at the picture in a good way, like a good version of that picture, you know, you can see it's him, he was kneeling down, he's got glasses on, and he had to look at the camera when the, you know, the infrared flash went off. Cause it was well, I'll have to have
1: you show me that because I've yeah. never heard that explanation before.
0: So some guy on Facebook was going off like a crazy person about real and it was all hushed up and everything else and you had that picture. <laughs> we put that picture up, like a decent version of that picture, not the crap ones that they would show. And and I said, look, no, it was this guy, who's pretty much in the link. He went off at me like crazy and then said, well, if he did admit it, he was paid to admit it. I'm like, oh, wow. man. What <laughs> <laughs> is it What? Just... <laughs> How do you, how do you, I, I was like, calm down, don't tell me to calm down, you can't see what I'm like behind this cable, blah, blah, blah. I was like, and then I was just like, oh. but it kind of <laughs> hit home to me again, that, you know, uh, the inner truth <laughs> manifesting to that photo of like, and there's nothing I can ever say that's going to change your life, you know? No. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's. But it, it was extremely hostile. Sorry, I'm diverging because you brought up Amerville. It. <laughs> maybe it's Amerville that was making him hostile. Maybe he's the right one. That that could, that could Uh-oh. be. That could be. Oh, that's deep thought. I,
1: I don't know. People are kind of people are kind of in their minds right now. I know it is the Devil Dogs. I yeah. I mean, I guess we should take a, a moment. I don't know that we have to, but let's do... Obviously, this country is in a lot of unrest right now.
0: 5G. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so I sent the guys this morning. I just happened to open up somebody's comment. I don't even remember why. Oh, I do. It was Darkness Radio. Somebody commented on Darkness Radio this morning that everything that's happening right now is basically just to take off our attention away from the fact that 5G is going up everywhere, so so they can give us cancer. So we're gonna start looting and rioting instead. So I don't know. Whatever. People are crazy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, whoever wrote that was probably dead serious. I know.
0: Oh my god. Well, wow, The same kind of people burn witches or. You know, everybody gets something in their head and it sticks and there's no get rid of it. You know, Absolutely. It's kind of like peanut butter on the roof of your mouth, you know. Ah, go away. peanut <laughs> <laughs> butter there forever.
1: <laughs> oh, good lord. Anyway, so obviously there's a lot of really ill feelings all over the place in this country, and I'm just going to put my two cents out there and say that we all need to get our shit together. First of all, what happened to George Floyd was awful, and there's no excuse for it. But we have to give it justice, a chance to work itself out. Also, his family has called for a stop of all of this violence because they said... Under no circumstances would he have ever wanted this. And I think there are obviously more peaceful ways to handle this situation and to share your frustrations with the way certain things happen than to be destroying your community and the businesses that your neighbors have worked so hard for. And to be hurting and killing one another, Like that's just asinine to me. So that's my two cents. I'm just putting that out there as my little... That's my service announcement. I don't know. (laughs) Do you guys have anything you want to say about the current state of affairs?
0: There was a, um, I was watching, uh, there's a British stand up comedian called Ranganathan. He's actually from Sri Lanka, but he came in as a kid. So he does a lot of the, you know, tongue in cheek racist stuff, but he's all, because he's British stand up, there's a lot of satire in it. And he, He put forward the idea of when people get to a certain age. I mean, times change and move on. And he said, not everybody moves with it. He said <laughs> that old people, like me maybe, he said they should get to be able to get a card. So that if you say something that was okay 10, 20 years ago that isn't okay now, you should be able to lift up that card and go, ah, sorry, you know, because 10, 20 years ago it was fine to say yeah. black people. Now we have to say. African Americans. And, you know, I don't know. I never, I never put in a meaning, you know, I was just using it as a descriptive word at the time. And sometimes, like me, you forget to move on. And therefore, as I get older, I get less politically correct. And, and then I'm told I'm not politically correct. And I'm like, all right, well, I, I kind of am. I'm just out of time now. I didn't mean anything by it, but. Then we get surrounded by people I feel that like to get, in, you know, yeah. indignant on someone else's behalf. And I think that's not helpful. You know, when you get upset on someone else's behalf, you know, just let them get upset about it. I'll deal with them and I'll say, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say I'm sorry to you Could you think that's what I meant and it's got nothing right. to do with you anyway. You know, so that's, that's kind of, I think there's a lot of that going on. in once again, I'm old, so I apologise about offending people. It's just, you know, I I, I always say culture shock because I got an accent and get away with it. <laughs> 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 then I'm old, so I got the card. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> so I'll add my two cents because I read a post. I read a post today, and I thought it was fitting for the current state of our country, and it it showed a picture of five. Labs, five Labrador retrievers, and of course, labs come in all different colors. And it underneath it said, you know, these five labs are all different colors, but they don't hate each other because they're different colors. They still play together, they still eat together, they still sleep together. They don't care. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I mean that uh, that pretty much sums up our world right now. Like that's the what way it should means, be. That's the way. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like everybody needs to start yeah. thinking. About things that way. Like, you know, you see all the. That's, that's,
0: just it. that's a good idea. Because we're walking down the street. I don't know whatever this guy is. He wants to tell me about this, that, or the other, and everything. Maybe the answer is we would all feel a lot closer to each other if we all sniffed each other's butts before we started. <laughs> I knew to you would that. I knew <laughs> you would <laughs> Oh, would you feel closer to a person if that's what you had to do? And you wouldn't even start the conversation if that's what you had to do.
2: No, because if you then, didn't feel was because, necessary. Because then it's going to get turned around and say, well, that guy's got a stinky butt, so you won't talk to him. That's what's <laughs> going to happen. So now gonna, you're racist against stinky butt people.
0: That's fine. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot better than what we are now.
2: <laughs> that is true. That is how so.
1: so. On the note of sniffing other people's asses, I'm going <laughs> to say we're probably done with this topic if you haven't looked into the philip experiment please do so because i do think that it could have some uh effect on how we view the paranormal field or maybe what we're doing i personally am kind of questioning whether or not we're creating some of the evidence that we're capturing could be but as the boys have mentioned it's still paranormal regardless so anyway look into it it's really cool Maybe someday we'll give it a shot. I don't know if we're as committed as that group was, but, you know, you never know. Could happen. Um,
2: it it. I think it would be awesome to do our own version of that experiment, actually. I would well, actually enjoy that.
1: Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see hmm. what happens with
0: that. Actually, look, I'm kind of lazy. Can we just try and contact, like, Bill Bell Baggins, because he's already got a background story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well,
1: I don't have a topic for our next show, so we will uh, come up with that. Surprise! uh, Yeah, hopefully it'll be awesome.
0: Um, They're always awesome.
1: Well, duh.
0: We just underappreciated. We'll be famous (laughs) after we're dead. (laughs) We'll be on CBS every night.
1: Okay. (laughs) If you want to find out what John's up to, you can catch up with he and Nico at phantomscience.net. dot net, and from there you can get a hold of them through their social media sites, Facebook, and that all places you are, I think so.
0: YouTube. YouTube oh, Facebook
1: and, uh, and YouTube, yeah, Podcasts. I that. Yeah. And then they are also on Paranormal Buzz Radio on Sundays, so catch them because you guys are doing live shows now, right? Yeah. Yeah. With
0: so, and so. they have been possible for quite a while. So, i not going to promise they're always live. But,
1: hey, All right. Not well, so catch- it's
0: a recording, anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, catch them on Sundays. If you want to catch up with me, you can do so on Facebook and Twitter at C Paranormal Sarah. It's S E E Paranormal Sarah with an H. And then, of course, all three of us are on Facebook, Twitter, and newly on Instagram at Seeking the Paranormal. So, until next time, my friends, keep Seeking the Paranormal. Did I say it right this time?